0: Welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Great. Great to see you. Great. Are we excited for the word? Ready to hear the word? Good. Good. Um, it's going to be a good one. Um, have to tone it down this week a little bit, though, just to keep us all focused. Okay. So um, no pink shirt this week. All right. Um, had to rein it in. Do you know why I had to rein it in? Because Barbie's out this weekend. And I do not want anyone getting any ideas. It'll just affect the image, do you know what I mean? Like, like that and the iPad covers just a bit a bit too much on Barbie weekend, so we can't do that. Anyone by show of hands has been to see Barbie? There's no way you're showing your hands if you've went to see Barbie. No way. Um, I did go and see um, Oppenheimer on uh, Friday night. nights. Anyone seen that, the one about the atomic bomb? Fascinating. Uh, what I would say to you is that it's incredible the lengths that man will go to for power and control. It's actually fascinating, balanced with the incredible mind of a scientist of how they can create such mad things. Um, so no, way I'll, uh, so tone it down. Just just a white shirt this week. No 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 pink shirt. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, uh, we're recapping on uh, last week, as Maggie said, it's the Act series, and the undertone of this is that men and women who were ordinary men and women were used radically by God to transform the world, okay? And you know what, church? That hasn't changed, okay? This is what um, Andrew and Penny's heart is for this series, is that you grasp some of this, that the same inheritance that the apostles had, the disciples had, the same power to do miracles, the same incredible situations they found themselves in, it's possible for you today. Okay, now that's a challenge, right? Sermon over there, we we'll go away as go. Let's go and do some miracles. Do You know, it's a real challenge, but it's possible. Jesus said, "Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world." He said, "It's better that I go away, that the Holy Spirit will come to you and you will experience these things." So it's a challenge, but that's what this series has been about. Our pastors are obviously away. They're away for a second week now. From what I've heard. They have been cycling non-stop, so like, apparently what Penny said to me is we won't recognise them when they come back, because Andrew has been flat out, in the absence of the gym in France, he has been flat out cycling, because he misses it so much, at least that's that's, that's what I've been told. Um, just got the dig of the gym out the way at the start, okay, so we don't have to do it during it. So, no, last week was Acts 5. If, if you were here, if you've listened online, it was from setback to bounce back. It was about God building resilience in you, no matter what comes your way, that can, you can snap back into position and remind yourself of what he's called you for, who he's called you to be, and that you can move forward in your purpose, no matter what the opposition was. The apostles, their mindset was to keep going and it was an attitude that set their tone for the future. They were freed from this punishment mentality. God doesn't punish them. The opposition that was coming against them wasn't a punishment. It was God saying, no matter the opposition, I'm still working in it, setting them free from prison, moving on with their lives to continue to see the Holy Spirit moving. The apostles trusted that their arrest and persecution in Acts 5 wasn't the end. And what we now find in today's passage, it's Acts chapter 8, widespread persecution, it it has intensified, okay, we've had the first martyr in church, Stephen, in Acts 6 and 7, has been martyred, and now widespread persecution, namely by by Saul, who's going to become Paul, he has started persecution against the church, and what we see is the church are now scattered, Acts 1 verse 8, which is that they will be witnesses, you'll receive power, you'll be my witnesses from Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. 8 verse 1 is actually the fulfillment of 1 verse 8 for all you Bible scholars there. It starts to happen. They're scattered. They start to go everywhere and they preach the word as they go. So these are the circumstances in Acts that we find. But what happens is it's a continuation of God still moving in power despite the church being scattered. And that's what I want to say to you at the very start, wherever you find yourself, whether you feel like you're surrounded or supported by people or whether you feel like you're on your own, whenever you're scattered, God is still with you. Wherever you feel that you're at, God is still in your midst and his presence will go with you wherever you find yourself. So we're going to talk today about Acts chapter 8. It's the passage of Philip and the Ethiopian. And uh, we're going to start in verse 26. And this is a story about when you have a detour. When God calls you a different direction you didn't expect and all of a sudden you're on a road that you didn't expect you were going to be walking, how do you manage that? How do you navigate that? So I'm actually reading from the ESV. This is the NIV, but you'll be able to follow okay. It's not completely different. So what we have is Philip, uh, before I start reading, he goes to Samaria and experiences a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. Miracles, demons are being cast out of people despite him being scattered. Peter and John come down. All of the believers, there's so many of them in Samaria, have started to receive the Holy Spirit. It's going great. It's really positive, really successful. Philip is the front runner. And then unexpectedly, he hears the voice of the Holy Spirit saying this in verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading is this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom do I ask you? Does the prophet say this? Is it about himself or is it about someone else? And he went on his way rejoicing, but Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. I don't know about you, but um, detours, diversions—they. Um, whenever I'm in the car, whenever I'm driving. Um, they bug me a wee bit, so I am, um, just some confession for you, it's like therapy. I, they bug me times as a diversion, anytime I need to take a detour. See, anytime Google Maps tells you there's a quicker way, I take it as a challenge. All right, we'll see about that, won't we? So I am always direct. I want to get to the place as quickly as I can. So if there's any roadworks, if Google Maps is saying there's a better way, I take it as a personal challenge, Do you know, we'll see about that. I'll get there as quickly as I can don't care about the scenic route if there's any traffic I'm going out of my way and it may be a longer route but according to me it's the quickest route I want to be direct I don't want to wait I want to get there anybody else like that or anybody else just not mind traffic <laughs> a few people like that I see it as a personal challenge you know and um, so for detours like that whenever I'm a passenger driver I'm not I'm not vocal about it like I'm not angry do you know but deep down, I'm a bit like, there's a better way, folks, like, could you just drive this way? It's far better. So I'm, I'm actually an alright passenger driver, but deep down, there's just this irrational anger, you know, that's just there. If we could go a better way, it's much quicker if you just listen to me, even though I'm not saying anything. um, The worst passenger driver, just, this is also some confession, is my wife. She is actually the worst passenger driver, because she just doesn't understand basic geography, actually. She just doesn't, actually, she struggles with her right and her left. Now, listen, I. this isn't a dig now, by the Anyway, she will actually admit this she'll say you know what i'm the worst in the world but i still trust her with the google maps after years and years and years and years i still trust that she will be able to get us to the place so um it's a bone of contention you might be able to tell um but i'm the worst passenger driver i want to get to places direct i don't want a detour i just want to get there but here what we have for philip he has called to take a detour This made no sense, okay? Logically, didn't make a sense at all. Philip was the front runner. God was accomplishing incredible things in Samaria. Miracles, people being healed. It was going so good. Philip was actually, in a way, indispensable to what was going on in Samaria. He was the main man. God was using him in such a powerful way. But then God calls him to go, and Philip doesn't even question it. He doesn't even ask why he just goes. God says, rise, go to the south road, and he just goes, because he trusts that when God speaks, it's more important than what he can tell himself, It's more important than the voice he has in his head of, this is going really well, this couldn't get any better, God is moving here. What God speaks over you is more important than what you speak over yourself, even the good stuff you speak over yourself. What God says is more powerful, it's stronger, it's more truthful, and it anchors your soul more than you can tell yourself, more than any positive self-talk, more than any positive mindset. Aligning yourself with what God says about you and when he directs you a certain way will bring results better than you could ever imagine. And there's a purpose in this. He calls him to go to the desert road, the desert road. And this is a ramos is the word, desert. And it literally means an uncultivated, unpopulated place, desolate, desert area, barren, a solitary place, but that actually provides freedom and quiet to take stock and listen to God. So God says, go to the desert place. And you know what? It's a desert road. There's not gonna be many people there. All of a sudden, you're away from the crowd. You're away from what people are seeing, the Holy Spirit moving. And he calls him to go on his own to the desert road. But he also says, you're gonna find something there. Quiet and freedom. And as we know, he finds the Ethiopian and it's a total divine appointment. We're gonna get into that. When you step into what you consider to be the opposite direction when you're willing to walk in a way that seems totally counterproductive to what you thought, what you believed was good. When you think you're maybe delaying the promises of God, you're actually stepping closer to where God wants you to be, okay? Sometimes we think it's the wrong direction. Sometimes we think I'm going the wrong way. How's God gonna work this out? You're always stepping closer to where God wants you to be. Because I will talk about this object. Time is no object to God. He can transform things in a moment. So if you feel like you're on the wrong path, if you feel like you've got a raw deal of things, God is working in the middle of it to redirect you to where you're going to find something this morning. Freedom and peace and quiet to hear his voice. And this is what he said to Philip. In the ESV, the one I was reading, he says, rise up. And this, there'll be some Greek in this this morning. It's Anastemi, So he doesn't just say, go to the south road, go to the desert road. He says, rise up. Why is that important? It's the same word that is used for when it talks about Jesus rising from the dead. This is not just a get up and go. This is a, there is still life when you get up and go. It's exactly the same word for the physical Jesus raising from the dead. God has done something powerful in Philip but he says to him, it's not the end. There's more life to come. You may think you've left life behind in Samaria. You may think that all the good stuff was happening, but there's still life. So rise up and experience life in your very bones because there's still a plan for you. See what your last breakthrough was, church. Whatever your last breakthrough was, whatever your last miracle was, it wasn't your very last breakthrough. You will have more breakthroughs. This is what he's saying to Philip. It's not over because Samaria is done. It's not over. You haven't peaked just because the good stuff happened in Samaria. There's more life. There's more things coming. So he says, rise up. In the same word that Jesus has risen from the dead, there's life in this next chapter. I want to prophesy over some of you there is life in your next chapter some of you have thought the good times are done some of you have thought but it was so good then look at what God did in my heart in these moments look at what who he brought in my path he is ex- ex- I suppose exploring with you this morning in your own heart rise up there's life coming even if you think there's not life in a desert place. This is what he said to Philip. There's life in a desert place. There's life where nobody else is going. You'll find life there because that's who God is. He brings life in the desert places. So this is what he says to Philip. And Philip decided that, and this is really key for some people, he decided he wasn't going to seek permission from the Samarians to go. He didn't seek permission from Peter and John, the apostles who had come down to Samaria for a brief stay, and then they left and they allowed Philip to get to it. He didn't seek permission. He trusted that the the one who holds the higher authority is God himself. And he spoke into Philip's heart and Philip obeyed. He didn't need to ask permission. Sometimes when we feel God's asking us to do something, when he's calling us a certain direction, we feel that we need to ask permission or get another opinion. We need people to back us up on that so that we feel better about it. What I would encourage you is don't look for validation from people who don't understand themselves. Some of us do that. We look for validation from other people. But actually, a lot of people don't really understand themselves. They don't even understand what's going on in their own hearts, let alone what's going on in yours. Align yourself to what you feel God has led you to. Balance it with what the Word says. But this is what he says to Philip. Go, and I will be with you. Sometimes we are funny with change. Sometimes we're funny with redirections or going a different way because we don't know how it's going to work out. And Philip didn't know how it was going to work out. God didn't say to him, you're going to go to this desert road, you're then going to meet an Ethiopian, and then you're going to go somewhere else, then you're going to go to Caesarea, and it's all going to work out. He just said, go south on the desert road, and Philip just goes, and God fills in the blanks for him. I want to encourage you, some of you this morning, just, there's a lot to get through, but I want to encourage you, have confidence. Favor rests on you, not on your circumstances. Okay, I want to explore that with you. It doesn't rest on your context. Favor didn't rest in Samaria. Favor rested in Philip. So wherever Philip found himself, that's where favor was. When God has anointed you, when God has deposited the Holy Spirit in you, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you go to. It doesn't matter where you've come from. You don't leave favor and anointing behind in your last breakthrough. It's in your next breakthrough because it rests in you. The goodness of God is in your heart. The goodness of God rests on you by the Holy Spirit. So have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit this morning. Change is good. Be proactive in change. Be proactive and listen to the the voice of the Lord and what he's calling you for. What Philip did is he learned, if we think of um, like a basketball player, now here's where I pretend, like I know what I'm talking about with basketball players. I don't really, but what they do is they learn to pivot, okay, on their feet. And what happens when a basketball player pivots, they move their feet ever so slightly. They don't move it very much at all, but it allows them to completely change their view so they can look for a pass, they can shoot whatever it is. But the angle of their feet, this is so important, where they're positioned, how they're standing in any situation is so important because it allows them to pivot and they can completely see another angle. This is what Philip learned to do. He learned his right standing was in God. He learned that God is the one who brings it through, brings it, makes it happen, that his plans are gonna come to pass. But he stood ready to pivot at any moment for God to call him this way. Because if God's going that way, that's where I wanna go. So, he wasn't fixated on Samaria, thinking, no, I'm just purely looking at Samaria. I don't care where God's calling me. He was ready to go at any moment. Soften your heart today because God is calling us to rise up, to know there's life in what He has for us, and that it's not the end. Whatever's happened before, your last breakthrough isn't your very last breakthrough. Some of you need to hear that. God's not finished with you yet, and He was only getting started with Philip. Okay? So God is continuing to use you and there's still blessing for you moving into your future. I often tell people now as I get older, do you know, as I'm hurtling into the mid-30s now, do you know, I, um, I often tell people that I'm in my prime. It doesn't matter what year it is, just say I'm in my prime. So I'll be at 45, 55, 65, 75, just say I'm in my prime. Still going well here. But there's a mindset of that, right? I'm in my prime. God's still using me. God's still got me, and he's not finished with me yet because time is no object to God. So I want to encourage you on that. He's not finished with you. Joni Ericson tada some of you will know her um, in terms of the writer and the things that she has said. She says, take all those road hazards, the potholes, the ruts, the detours, and all the rest as evidence that you're on the right route. It's when you find yourself on that big, broad, easy road that you ought to worry. So if you're on a detour, if you're on a redirection You're on the right path because God is in control. God is the one who holds all authority. Detours are not dead ends. They actually bring divine appointments. On his way, he met a eunuch. On his way, he met the Ethiopian. And it says that the passage of Scripture was from Isaiah, I'll read it, it says, now the passage of scripture was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. This Ethiopian, this eunuch, who had come to Jerusalem to worship, we're gonna talk a little bit about him, he was reading a passage about Jesus. And he didn't understand it. And Philip arrives at the right time on the desert road supernaturally to give him what he needs. And there are no mistakes here. That There are no accidents in the scripture. The Ethiopian would have been a God-believing. He, he would not have been quite a full Jew, but he would have believed. He would have come from Ethiopia. He would have been going to Jerusalem to worship God. Okay, so we would have known a little bit about him, but the, he wouldn't have been a Christian in a sense. He wouldn't have been a, an Orthodox Jew, and he wouldn't have been able to worship publicly in the right way because he was a eunuch. So there are no accidents that someone who's completely different from the Jews, someone who's completely different from Christians, there are no accidents that the very verse that God wants him to focus on is about the finished work of Jesus and his willingness to be like a sheep led to the slaughter. That is the foundational truth. We talked last week about foundational truths, building your life on the right foundation. There are no accidents that the one verse in Acts 8 that God wants you to focus on is it's all about Jesus. It wasn't about the believers having to do something. It wasn't about getting your life together. The Ethiopian was wrestling with what it said about Jesus and his finished work for you. That's the foundation. So then Philip goes to explain to him all about Jesus and what he's done. So there are no accidents that God has brought this around and it's all about Jesus, no matter where you find yourself, on the desert road. And he says, look, I wanna go and get baptised. God has a plan for you, like Philip, wherever you find yourself, on whatever road you're on with, whatever struggles you're wrestling with, he has deposited something in your heart and it's an ability to preach Jesus to whoever you come around. Whoever is on your road, whether it's the one, whether it's the many, he has given you an ability to do that. When we think about preaching Jesus, we think about Andrew and Penny up here, myself preaching. That's not what it's about. God has given you an ability and an anointing in any situation for those who are wrestling with their life, for those who are wrestling with what does it mean to preach Jesus and his finished work only. It says that Philip then went to tell him about Jesus. He didn't tell him about a five-step plan of how you transform your life. He didn't tell him about all the amazing things that you can do as a disciple. He just focused on Jesus only and what he's done. And God wants to free you again from that punishment mentality of wherever you are on the desert road, when you feel like you're on your own, you've got Jesus in you to help people experience Jesus. And this is significant, by the way, because God's plan for the whole world is to receive him. There's a significance of it being an Ethiopian and being a eunuch. This is not just a randomer on the road. This is not just a random person. God has significance in every moment. So the eunuch would have been, as it was Queen Candace, he would have been put in charge of the officials. He would have been put in charge of the servants. Now, eunuchs sometimes are emasculated by choice. They're emasculated at birth. Other people say they need to be emasculated to be in that position. But what then happens is they're seen as imperfect, they're seen as they can't worship publicly with the Jews because they're imperfect. And they often serve kings and queens who aren't Jews. So the Ethiopian was completely rejected, but there's a significance in this, in that God has a plan for the whole world to receive him and his, he can touch every single area of your life, wherever you find yourself. So a bit of teaching for you here. The church are scattered in Acts chapter eight. They're going to the ends of the earth. In the, Genesis chapter 10, when the ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat. Remember, Andrew was talking about this a few weeks ago. The, the whole world is populated by from three people, and that is that is Noah's sons. So that is Shem, Ham, and Japheth. We know those three. The whole world is populated from them. Act 8 is this moment in history where the church begins to say it's not solely for the Jews, it's not solely for those who know God. Act 8, we have an Ethiopian... Who, who, the eunuch from Ethiopia, and he is a descendant of Cush, and Cush was a son of Ham. Okay? So we have a descendant of Ham. Acts 9, we have Saul, who becomes Paul, Saul of Tarsus, who is a descendant of Shem. Then Acts 10, Cornelius, we have a Gentile, who is a descendant of Japheth. Three chapters, three individuals every single tribe, every single part of the world covered by God. God is saying no matter where you set your hand, all peoples will have the chance to know me. All peoples will come to Jesus. All peoples will have the opportunity to listen to who he is. It doesn't matter where you're from. God's plan is to reach into every single area of your life and all of those around you. So this was a total game changer here. This is the first time that individuals are named that God's working in their life. The Ethiopian, Cornelius, Paul. Usually it's about the masses. But God is saying, the descendants of Ham, Shem, Japheth, every single person, I can reach into every single area, no matter the obstacle, no matter the detour, no matter the distraction, no matter the opposition, I can work in every area of your life. And it was written to help us understand that that's his plan for everyone to come to know him. But for you today, it's Jesus saying, I can reach into every area of your life, every part of your life that touches the earth, every circumstance you're in, every accident, every mistake, every detour, every redirection, I can work in that area. So it's no mistake that it was an Ethiopian, it's no mistake that it was that part of the world, then Paul was from somewhere else, then Cornelius somewhere else. Jesus says to you this morning, what area of your life do you need me to work in? Because no matter the desert, no matter the dry place, no matter the difficulty, I can bring life in those areas. And he says to the Ethiopian, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you find yourself, whether you know about God or not. You can know Jesus in a powerful way. And the Ethiopian, he would have been reading Isaiah. And Isaiah 56 talks about, let not the foreigner who's joined himself to the Lord say the Lord will surely separate me from his people. It says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant, I will give my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than my sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. He's reading Isaiah. There's no mistakes. He's reading Isaiah where it talks about eunuchs. And it says, when you believe in Jesus, when the gospel grips your heart, you will know God in fullness. No matter the rejection that eunuchs face, no matter the when you don't have a home, no matter the mistakes you made, no matter how imperfect other people may judge you, because the eunuch was judged as that, it doesn't matter who you are. Church, I don't, I don't care where you come from. I don't care where you've been. I don't care your biological differences. I don't care your differences in your minds, what you look like, how you feel. Jesus reaches to every part of you, every area of your life, every mistake you've ever made, every redirection, every detour, and he wants to transform it. That's what he's saying in this scripture. It's not just a random, on a desert road for Philip. it's a a deposit almost to say, I can touch wherever I want. And that's what God says to you. Even the areas that you don't tell people about, even the parts of your life that are just quiet and hidden, God says, I can touch it and I can bring it to life. So he's encouraging you, rise up again, no matter the past, no matter where you've been, no matter how good it was in Samaria, keep going, as we said last week, because he's got fullness for you, and there's still blessing in your future. Amen? There's still blessing in your future. We'll leave it it to the end. If we just leave it at the end, Margaret. We'll just leave it to the end. Thanks. There's something about for me how it doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what your history is or rejection that you've suffered. And that's something I wanted to speak into as well. The Ethiopian eunuch would have experienced rejection because he wasn't allowed to worship in a public place. He wasn't allowed to do that because of how he saw himself and how other people saw him. So it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what's been going on in your life. God wants to work in you and you still have everything you need to bless those around you. You still have everything you need to be a blessing, to preach Jesus to people, and you'll see that come to fruition, and people will be blessed. I wanna encourage you this morning to have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit of where he's calling you and the direction that he's calling you to go. Philip had this, he had a sensitivity, and when you have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and this is a really good part about this story, God will provide for you supernaturally. And also there's a thing about acceleration here. I want to talk to you about this. God provides randomly in the desert place where there's no life, nobody's on the road. It's not a place you would go to willingly. God says in the middle of that, all of a sudden there's water for him to be baptized. You got to get the significance of this. There's not meant to be water here. It's the desert road. There's nobody there. There's no one around. A random Ethiopian who is not random in the slightest is on the road. Jesus says, I can touch any area I want and supernaturally, I'm gonna provide for you. See if you're in a dry place. See if you're in a barren land, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just like that, God can bring provision for you. Just like that, supernaturally, he can bring provision No matter how long you've been on the road, it was probably 20 to 30 miles distance for Philip. He could have been on that road a fairly long time. And all of a sudden, he comes across a man who's wrestling with Jesus. That is a divine appointment. And then he brings provision through water to baptize him. You will have everything you need in every situation you find yourself in, even if you feel like you're empty-handed even when you feel like you don't have enough, even when you feel like, how on earth am I going to get over this desert road? There's nobody here. What am I going to do? Then all of a sudden, someone's provided and something is provided that he needed for that situation. He gave him water to help him to be baptized. Supernatural provision. At the right time, Philip had everything he needed for the journey. Sometimes when we approach change, We want everything we need to go with us. It reminds me of my university days. I used to like lug like four suitcases back from Scotland on like three trains, two boats, four airplanes. It felt like it was like a nine-hour journey or something. It was just nuts, and I just all because I didn't want to pay an extra forty quid for a plane. It was just (laughs) mental. But I literally my my entire existence from Scotland to to here to Belfast like four times a year. Like I, I just thought I needed everything. Do you know? I was only going home for three weeks, but like I thought I needed everything. And I had to have everything just in case, just in case, just in case. Sometimes we're like that. There's a new situation. I need a plan for this. I need to prepare for this. God, you'll give me all the stuff now so that I know I'll have it for the future. God doesn't work like that. He didn't tell Philip where he was going. He didn't tell him who he was going to see. He didn't tell him how it was going to end up. He just said, rise up. There's life in what I'm telling you. Walk with me and you will. Then God will fill in the blanks. At the right time, church, you will have everything you need, not just for you, but for everyone else around you, for those who are on the road with you. Supernatural provision. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Rejoicing is actually being glad in God's grace. That's what what the word means. The Ethiopian had a radical experience of who Jesus was and he just went glad for God's grace. Doesn't matter. He again, the the Ethiopian pivoted as well. I've met Philip. He didn't want to hang around. Philip. Philip was gone and he just pivoted. Glad in God's grace. I've had a radical experience and now I move forward into my future. That's what happened for the Ethiopian. But for Philip, the Lord suddenly took him away and the eunuch didn't see him again. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Make no mistake here. I said to you at the start, this is about ordinary men and women with God doing incredible things. Supernatural provision with water. Philip was transported, teleported, if you like, supernaturally. I don't know if you've ever glossed over this before. Philip didn't just all of a sudden keep walking for 20 to 30 miles. This was about 30 miles away and God has snatched him up in a moment, and he just appears at Azotus. Make no mistake, this is a miracle that has happened. The miracle's happened in the Ethiopian's heart, but God's not finished. He miraculously lifts Philip up. The word for, for um, carried him away is harpatso. It means to seize by force, to snatch up suddenly and decisively, like someone seizing a bounty, a spoil, or a prize. That's what it means, an open display of force this wasn't just that philip says i need to go here i'm away no god literally grabbed him in that situation and transported him 30 miles to somewhere else philip didn't ask for that either but all of a sudden he snatched up and put somewhere else see when you have an openness for god see when you have an openness for his holy spirit there is no telling what he can do in you Philip walking for a long time on that road for a divine appointment, and as soon as the divine appointments happened, radical acceleration. You will have supernatural provision in the moment you need them, but when God wants to move you on somewhere else, it doesn't matter how far you feel like you're away from where you need to be, He can do it in a moment, in a heartbeat. God can get you to where he wants you to go. So some of you are on a journey where it feels like it's taken some time. Some of you are saying, God, how long am I gonna be on this road for? Ready your heart at any moment to just pivot with God because at any point, he can have a radical experience. You can have a radical experience of him and he will get you to where you need to be supernaturally. This is not the first time this happened in scripture. In John chapter 6, It says, When evening came, his disciples were down to the lake. If we could throw that one up there, John 6. Where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him in the boat. And listen to this. And immediately the boat reached the shore to where they were heading. They had another three miles to go. They were right in the middle when Jesus gets in the boat. Then all of a sudden, immediately, they were where they needed to be. When you are willing to welcome Jesus into your situation, because it says they were willing to take him into the boat. When you receive him, when you welcome him in the uncertainty, even though you don't understand it, even though you don't understand your context, in the detour, you will experience an acceleration to where you actually need to be at the right time. No matter how long you've been on the road, no matter how difficult it's been, no matter how much you think your Samaria was years ago, your blessing was years ago, your good times were years ago, at the right time, supernatural provision and acceleration for when you need it. That's a good word for someone this morning, for those who need it, for those who have been toiling and being faithful to God for year after year after year, saying, God, when is this going to end? When will this change? God saying at the right time, at the right moment, I can change it for you. But in the middle of it, you still have everything you need to preach Jesus so that you'll be impacted, but everyone else around you. That's the truth, church, no matter what's going on for you. I said at the start that time is no object to God. One day is like a thousand years to God, it says in 2 Peter 3. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you. This is about his plan for the world. He gives everyone the time and the space to change. He doesn't want anyone lost. But for you, God in a heartbeat can change your, your situation. In a heartbeat. Remember the story of Jesus at the wedding with the wine? He made the wine that would have taken years to make. God at the right time can accelerate where you are to where he wants you to be. But he's in you in the middle of it, right? In the middle of the the one person, the Ethiopian, when you feel like you're not making a difference. Because Philip had no, just one person. But actually it's likely that Africa and Ethiopia and all around Africa came to know Jesus because of this Ethiopian. There's no telling what God will do through you when you feel like you're in a wasted time. You shouldn't even be there. I was having a great time years ago. It looked way better. But God's saying to you, don't underestimate the power of his word in your heart when you speak it, when you live it, even around the people you don't think are interested. God's saying, I can do it in you. I've done it in you and I'll do it in you again. God has, For some of you, God has seen your faithfulness in choosing his way, he's seen you serving on the desert road, the lonely place where nobody else is seen. He's seen your dark days. He's seen your tough times. He has seen that you're. He's seen your frame, as it says. He knows you inside out, and he sees you. And for some of you, that's all you need to hear at the moment. I see you. I know what it's like. I experience it with you. But at the right time, get ready to pivot because I'm not finished in this situation, the darkest situation that you're in, the toughest situation you're in, get ready to pivot like a basketball player, like I pretend like I know what I'm talking about, get ready to pivot because God is always wanting to move to new thing after new thing after new thing And what Philip did is it didn't matter where Philip was, didn't matter where he was going to. He just kept preaching the word, just kept saying, Jesus, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Look what he's done. Look what he's done for me. Look how willing he was to work in my life. And that's where the life comes. That's where people are transformed. And that's what gave Philip the strength to keep going. The desert road takes time. Sometimes things do take time. Sometimes God can accelerate us out of it. But sometimes we're on the road and it takes a bit of time, day after day, like we said last week, you keep going, you keep believing, you keep trusting, and you can't see anything different. So we have like, so muscle growth, uh, fat loss, right, the things that are important to me, it, um, it takes time, muscle growth and fat loss takes time, and you could go to the gym every day and you could train every day and you could look in the mirror every day and you'll see no difference. Then all of a sudden you see someone you've not seen for three, six, nine months and they go Flip, look at you. You've been training. You've been training hard. Not that it never happens to me, obviously. Um, but that's what happens in that you look day after day after day. I don't see any change. I don't see any difference. God, where are you in the middle of this? Then all of a sudden, someone says, there's something about you. God's doing something in your heart. I can see it. And you have impacted people and you didn't even realize. Some of you need to hear that bamboo, bamboo, it goes down and establishes itself for three years before it shoots up. But you see, when it shoots up, it can grow about two, three feet a day. But it takes three years to establish itself. So see, when you're growing down and some of you think it's the wrong way, the wrong direction, get ready to shoot up at the right time because God at any moment on the desert road can provide water, provision, supernaturally, and supernatural acceleration for where you need to be. Do you believe that? It's a challenge, but keep going day after day. He is establishing you so that you're ready at the right moment to go with him and experience more favor and more blessing. For some of you as well, I've got about 10 minutes. For some of you, even those who come against you can be impacted by this way of life. Even the enemies, even the voices that speak against you—we we talked a bit about this last week. Even the opposition can be completely, dramatically changed. Philip goes to Azotus, which is also named as Ashdod. It is a Philistine stronghold historically historically, this is where Israel's enemies are. So I would be thinking at this point, are you serious, God? We were having a good thing in Samaria. Then you send me on a desert road for one randomer. Then all of a sudden, I'm in a Philistine territory. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would be mildly frustrated, let's just say. But here we are. He's sent to Ashdod Azotus. This is important because it's descendants of Ham, enemies everywhere. The Ethiopian was the descendant of Ham. Ham in the Bible, they're usually Israel's enemies. So littered in this story is God saying, even to your enemies, I can reach in. Even to the darkest situations, the strongholds of the enemy, the things that come against you, you will have supernatural strength To get there and keep preaching there as well. To get into that situation that has held you for a long time, you'll have the strength at the right moment to deal with it in grace. And God says, no matter where you find yourself, you will have supernatural strength to deal with this. To walk into the enemy's stronghold and see favor and blessing. Jesus working against those who would actively come against you. We talked about that as well. Favor, I said at the start, favor is not found in your environment. Favor is not found in your circumstances. It's displayed there, but it's not found there. It's found in you because Jesus has said, I've given you grace, unmerited favor. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me and I give it to you. So whatever situation you're in, you have everything you need to overcome it. Why? Because of the work of Jesus. Back to what the Ethiopian was reading. Because he was willing to go like a sheep like to the slaughter so that you can have life, authority, and power. That's what you have in you, church, in every situation. I see that in my job. So... Um, I am, some of you know, I'm a social worker. Usually this is where I get it like booze and stuff and people throw things at me and that actually does happen. So um, in social work, I deal with lots of situations, families and difficulties and abuse and and hard situations. But I go in the confidence, even though I don't feel confident sometimes, to have the conversations with mums and dads and other people who are not great people and have the conversation about how they live their lives and you walk into a house and you just trust God you're with me, I don't know how this is gonna work out. It feels pretty much like a desert road some days, but you walk in, you trust that he's with you, and you see people change. You see the hardest of people change and break down because they, they look at their life, and all of a sudden they're wrestling with Jesus, but they don't know it, but they're wrestling with Jesus. Because when I step in, it's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit in me that if I step into the strongest of strongholds, I have everything I need and more. So wherever you're stepping into today, whether it's the strongest of strongholds, whether you're facing sickness, whether you're facing lack, whether you're facing relationship breakdown, difficulties, emotional difficulties, mental difficulties, you have everything you need because Jesus is stronger than whatever you're facing and this is littered throughout this story. No matter the descendants of Ham, no matter the descendants of the enemies, no matter who it is, you've everything you need to accomplish and more. So keep going and keep believing. Favor isn't found in your environment, it's found in you. Even if it doesn't look like it, you have everything you need. Your detour will lead to your destiny. See, Philip, after this story, a lot of us have maybe never heard of Philip since. He's mentioned one more time in Acts 21. 20 years later, he comes to rest in Caesarea, and 20 years later, as Paul used to be Saul, now Paul, God has radically transformed his life. Paul is nearing the end of his missionary journeys to go to prison and to be killed and to write the half of the New Testament before then. And he comes to Caesarea where Philip has settled and there's Philip. He's built a home. He has four daughters who now prophesy and he's built a home and he's settled and he has allowed God to keep working in him for 20 years. That's what we see with Philip. There he is still preaching. Philip's detour because he never went back to Samaria, Philip's detour led him to find a home in Caesarea. It led him to build a family where he could keep going for 20 years. Some of you think that your detour and your redirections, wherever you're going, it's the wrong route. It's never going to work out. But God is saying, I'm orchestrating I have a plan for your life. I'm orchestrating something for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans for a future. And there's Philip, just because he says, I'll go, I'll go to the desert road. I'll go no matter what it looks like. I'll go, I don't know the next step. I don't know about the Ethiopian. I sure don't know about Caesarea. But 20 years later, he welcomes Paul into his house because he still trusts God and he's still there in 20 years. Your detour is leading you exactly where you need to build a home and to feel God's presence and to experience his grace. That's what the word says. For those who think you're not making a difference, God is using you in powerful ways in people's lives. You don't have to stand up here and lead worship and and preach like this. You don't need to do that. God has placed an incredible ability in you, the Holy Spirit, to transform the people around you. That's what he's placed in you. I want to encourage some of you, just as we look to finish here, taste the goodness of God even in the process. Taste the goodness of God even on the journey. Don't fix your mind on getting to the end of the road. Fix your eyes on what he is doing, where he's leading you, and watch the supernatural provision. Watch him provide everything you need in those situations. Think about who's on the road with you. Who's around that you can keep blessing? Even though you're in the situation, you'd rather it was over. It would look a little different. You're on a detour. You didn't expect to be there. Who's on the road with you? Who's around that you can keep blessing? Who's around that you can preach Jesus to? Because there's always someone at the right time. God will use your words and use what's going on in your heart. For some of you, I urge you, change your situation, get ready to pivot. And if you can't change your situation, change the way you see it, because God's in it. He's absolutely in it, orchestrating everything that's going on. Detours aren't pleasant. They aren't nice. There are lots of things in my life that are redirections and detours I never expected to take. But like Caleb, in Joshua 14, he was promised the promised land and said, you'll be in there And he waited 45 years. Now, I'm not prophesying you're going to wait 45 years. Now, whoa, whoa, hold on there. 45 years he waited. But you know at the right time, one day he wasn't in the promised land and the next day he was in there. And he comes to Joshua in Joshua chapter 14. And he said, do you remember what Moses said to me? Do you remember what he said 45 years ago that I'll be in the promised land because I stood in the land of the giants. And I believed that we would have this. He took a long detour, 45 years. And he said, do you remember what Moses said? I'll be in that land. And he says to Joshua, give me Hebron. Hebron was no picnic. Hebron was a Philistine territory. And he said, even after 45 years of a detour, I'm as strong as I was then. I'm as strong now at 85 as I was at 40 give me Hebron. I don't care if it's difficult. God's promised it. Even the detour, I've stayed faithful to God. And at the right time, you get your reward. At the right time, you see the blessing. At the right time, you partake in the inheritance. For some of you, you need to hear God sees you. He sees you've been on the desert road. And at the right time, you will experience blessing. Stay faithful Get ready to pivot. The speed in which you pivot is so important. In sports performance, that is such a crucial thing. See, like shot putters, as they throw, they don't just throw it. They get their footwork right. They get their stance right. They stand in the right position, ready to spin with balance so they can get the greatest distance. Stand right, get ready for God to move. And see when he says, go, rise up. There's life in this. Go, because that's what he's orchestrating for the best life for you. As I finish, often... What looks like a detour or a redirection is actually the most direct and most powerful path to your destiny where you can experience blessing and build a home. Do you believe that, church? Yeah. Do you believe that God is with you no matter what? He's orchestrated his plans for your life. For some of you, that resonates something in your heart. Um, I, I want to pray for you here just as we finish. Um, Often what looks like a detour is actually the most direct and powerful path to your destiny. Some of you look back and go, I did not expect this to happen in life. But God is orchestrating exactly what you need for when you need it. And he's working in your life more powerfully than you can ever experience. And people see it, guys. They see it on you. They see the Holy Spirit on you. It's no accident that Philip was the one going to walk beside that chariot. It's no accident. There's no accident you are where you are right now. God has placed people in your life and even when you don't feel like you have the strength to bless them, you have everything you need to bless them and everything you need to be a blessing. I want to pray for you. Um, if you could just have, just close your eyes um, just this moment. There's a couple of things I wrote down here. Some of you have been stuck on a desert road for a very long time. God is going to accelerate your life. Your slow steps on a desert road on your own have not been for nothing. And at the right time, you are going to experience supernatural favor and blessing. He says to you, I see you. I know what it was like on that road when you walked 20 to 30 miles before you came across anyone. I know what those moments have been like. For some of you, he says, I'm giving you supernatural strength so that I can transport you. And it may be in a situation where your enemies are there, but you will have everything you need to face them. For some of you, he's saying, get ready to pivot. I'm leading you to more people to who need Jesus revealed to them. God is calling some of you To change direction, to make it your ambition to live a quiet life, to go where no one else is prepared to go, to venture to the road less traveled. But the guarantee is that there you will find the Holy Spirit. There you will find the still small voice leading you to where you'll find a home. And for some of you, you need to know in the same way Shem, Jabbath, and Ham, every area of your life Jesus can touch it there is nothing off limits to me says God Father I just pray for Holy Spirit right now just that you are drawing people out almost into the light to reveal more of your goodness and your grace I thank you that we've heard even last week that there is no punishment in you you bring everything to the light so that we can have more of you, more of your presence, more of your love, more of your grace, and more strength for the next thing. For those who are waiting for provision, I just speak it into being supernaturally. For those who need to see a situation change, I speak in Jesus' name supernatural acceleration out of there. I speak life in Jesus' name. thank you for your commitment to us God every area of my life can be radically transformed by Jesus and people will see pray these things in Jesus name Amen